Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Welcome to Locks on Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman, alongside the founder of BrewHoop.com and longtime voice of the podcast, Frank Madden. As the Bucks go down 3-0 in the series, this was an absolutely epic collapse. I actually just read on Twitter that this was the biggest point differential. The Bucks were minus 27. They're outscored 40-13 to 13 in the fourth quarter. This is the biggest fourth quarter point differential in playoff NBA history and it certainly felt like that we've spoke the last few days frank and over the last week that we thought that there was some signs of life from this bucks team they certainly played pretty well for three quarters here today there's a lot of frustration and i know a lot of anger out there from bucks fans after this and it's directed in all kinds of areas but where do you even want to start after this because this was one hell of a depressing loss yeah i mean i've I've been like i've been saying i've been pretty detached from this team since really the bubble started, it's just has not felt like the same team. And, um, you know, like you said, I mean, this was literally a historic, um, they found a way to lose in historic fashion tonight. Um, and I think, you know, we don't have, I think we were talking before the podcast, like we, we won't necessarily go down the rabbit hole of what this means for the franchise, but you know, this loss in particular, I mean, this is a potentially like franchise altering loss. Um, and the, probably the best argument against that idea is that, the first two losses were, were already franchise altering because uh, this now puts them in such a different potential path and of, of where this franchise might be. And um, so much uncertainty around whether this team is, is good enough, coach well enough, uh, manage well enough to, to get to the places we thought they might. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it was just a, you know, a complete disaster. And uh, the first two games were, were, were different types of disasters. And um, you know, tonight, was just a a more excruciating version of some of the some of the negative themes we saw obviously in in the first two games but pretty much all that just bottled up into you know one quarter so um yeah i mean once again Giannis and chris don't play much bud seemingly like just wanting people to you know kick him while he's an obvious the obvious target of blame talking about how he thinks 35 36 minutes is the ceiling for those guys which is excuse me, but fucking absurd. Um, and Giannis saying that basically he can play more, even, even though he did tweak his ankle, seemed to be laboring at times, but, um, he was poor again tonight, really did not step up other than really a a nice third quarter stretch. But, um, he once again shrunk from the moment, I think overall. And, and obviously this has felt very close to that Raptor series in terms of, um, you know, a defense really, uh, figuring out a way to make him think a lot more than probably you'd want him to. And, um, you know, his limitations and, and shortcomings as a, as a player, just really kind of flashing in, in bright, bright green, red, whatever lights um, for all to see, just the inability to do anything outside of, you know, when he gets to the rim. So, yeah, I mean, again, there were, you know, some, some bright spots, especially in those first few quarters as far as some of the supporting cast, 
and you know Giannis did have some a good run there to late in the third quarter. It, it really obviously felt like the Bucks were breaking open the game in a way that that they hadn't really had the opportunity with with any of these other games. But um, obviously, uh, you know, once again, Wes Matthews doesn't play. <laughs> I mean, just just absurd, right? It's like you'd think Bud would have learned his lesson with Jimmy Butler going off while Wes Matthews was on the bench at the end of game one, and the exact same shit happens in this game. Um, they put Giannis on him, you know, they just go into pick and rolls. Obviously Giannis can't get over screens to save his life. Uh, and Jimmy took other guys and did what he wanted. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's just an embarrassing loss. And, um, I mean, what do you even expect from this team on Sunday going to game four? I don't, I don't even know. Cause we're, it's just, it's just such a, such a bizarre place they have put themselves into. And, um, I mean, again, I think they've pretty much showed, at least their on-court character, right? I mean, I don't, I'm not going to say anything negative about these guys, who they are as people, but certainly what they are as a team, I think, you know, obviously has just been the biggest letdown possible. And um, it almost doesn't really matter at this point because they're not winning the series, but um, I'm almost just going to watch out of, uh, I mean, I'm obviously going to watch and hope for the best in game four, but I'm, I'm partly just curious, are they just going to completely lay down or are they going to actually like finally you know, play better or, or what are we going to see on Sunday? It's, it's just, again, you n- I don't think anybody ever expected the, to see something like this over, over the first three games, but here they are. And obviously just so many questions about how they got here. So unfortunately post game, I jumped in the calls as I always do. And I've said this before that the tough situation about the zoom setup at the moment is, uh, I guess it's controlled by bucks PR and they go through and they give people questions. And I didn't get a question, a single question to anyone in the whole post game, but the question I would have asked Giannis is, and he, uh, you know, Eric asked him, Eric asked him about his minutes and Giannis was very short. And to be honest, he seemed pretty pissed off when he said, yeah, I could play more. He said, I feel great. Yeah, I could play more. And the question I wanted to ask or the follow-up I wanted to ask that, that no one asked, I don't understand why, is you say you can play more. Are you asking to play more? Are you talking to Bud and the coaches in between games about playing more and sort of press him a little bit more about this? Because we know that he's the type of guy that's going to defend his coaches forever. And and if you give him the opportunity to, he'll say, ah, oh, just do whatever coach says. But he seemed frustrated and he played 34 minutes in this game. And I understand, again, he was a minus 13 in this one and that blew out late in the game. And, and I know that there's been some people that have pointed to that. But at the end of the day, the guy's the MVP. He was really starting to, to work into the game towards the end of the third quarter. And it was frustrating that he wasn't, uh, didn't play more minutes. He didn't get 40 plus. I mean, I, I don't know what Bud's waiting for. Like, what, what are you actually waiting for? If you're down 2-0 and, and you play him 34. So Bud is either just completely so stubborn to the point that he will refuse to change anything, which I think there's a high possibility that that's the case. We've got a fair old sample size to see that. Or he's lying and Giannis isn't healthy. And I think that there's some chance that that's actually the case and they're not admitting it. But I think it's the worst possible thing that you can do is go to the press conference and and literally you could just say he, he's not feeling fine or something like that. Like it's not hard to come out and say that you think – 35, 36 minutes is pushing the ceiling of what these players can play 24 hours after Nick Nurse ran out, Kyle Lowry, Fred Van Fleet, and OG Ananobi 40-plus minutes when they're in the exact same position. I mean, it's complete bullshit. And the Wesley Matthews minutes, that I, I tweeted it and I said, what is Bud doing? Is he out here just, uh, just taking a heat check and, and seeing whether game one was a fluke? Wesley played 21 minutes. He checked out at the 6.51 minute mark of the fourth quarter. Butler scored 10 points. 
in game one, he checked out at the 451 mark of the fourth quarter and Butler scored 11. It's not, it's not hard. And the other point of this was that forced Chris Middleton to defend Butler. He ended up fouling out. Five of Chris Middleton's fouls came on Jimmy Butler and every single one of them sent him to the free throw line. Now, the last one was a take foul, whatever. So four personal fouls on Jimmy Butler shooting. He shouldn't have even been defending him, Frank. Yeah, I was just looking at the lineup and, you know, just trying to figure out what what the thought process process was. And obviously, Chris... Middle, Chris Middleton, Giannis, Brooke kind of have to be out there. Um, and the fact, though, that they're going with Bled and, and George Hill um, when, you know, Jimmy's size is just going to be a problem, certainly for George and, and Bled. And then obviously even for Chris. Chris has had a really hard time with the, his physicality. Um, I mean, again, like what did what, what necessitated Eric Bledsoe being out there at the end of this game, like for instance, right? I mean, yeah. unfortunately, Bled was poor. One one shot that three point that really long pull up three when the I think the Bucks were up like three or four at the time midway through the fourth quarter and you know Reggie Miller just said why and you know it was just it was it, it was that whole idea we've talked about the Bucks just do not value possessions sometimes and let it, this is the the double edged sword of of let it fly and um, you know. Uh, I don't think there's any question. I mean, the, the best players you could have had on the floor would have been, you know, Hill with Matthews in the backcourt. But, you know, the other problem is they are so starved for offense and they're so lacking in ideas. And Giannis is not able to play like a superstar in these like, I mean, you know, it sucks because we, we, you know, we've heard all this criticism, you know, the Ryan Hollins types, all the stuff they say about Giannis not being a closer, et cetera, et cetera. And then he just plays into that with the way that he's played and the Bucks don't know how to get him the ball. And he's not able to literally like can't make any shot out of a layup in some of these games tonight. What was he? Oh, for six from three. Um, I mean, it's just embarrassing. I mean, I feel bad because obviously Giannis is our guy, you know, we'll love him. Uh, whether he stays long-term leaves. I mean, I will always root for Giannis, but um, you know, he, he's not the best player in the world. I, I apologize. I mean, I, I've said, I've used that phrase a lot to describe him this year. It's not the case. Regular season. I think certainly, He's shown that he's that guy the last two years, but I mean, in the playoffs, he's not. And we can blame some of that, I think, on Bud for sure. I don't think they've had enough, you know, creativity and how they've maybe used Giannis. Um, but you know, Bud isn't forcing him to miss free throws left and right. Bud isn't, you know, the one missing wide open shots outside of two feet and not having any touch anywhere outside of when he gets to the rim. I mean, he's just shrunk from the moment, you know. And and we hoped, obviously, after last year's series against the Raptors that he would, you know, take that and improve. And and we did see improvement, you know, I mean, his shot, his shooting percentage from mid range from three point range all went up this year, the free throw percentage, obviously very concerning, took a big drop this year. Um, But, you know, it's the same problems we saw a year ago and, you know, the coaching staff hasn't figured out how to unlock him, how to scheme out of that. And he has not figured out how to just, make shots that are not layups with any consistency and that includes free throws and um you know i i don't know what to say but i mean when when your mvp is i don't know like i mean has he been better than brooke lopez in the series probably not <laughs> you know like he played well for a lot for a number of stretches in the last game um he had that good third quarter tonight where he really seemed energized on both ends but um you know, again, I think it's just, uh, I, 
you know, again, Giannis is 25. You know, I think we've talked about it. LeBron, Jordan, you know, those guys didn't win their titles, I think, until they're like 27, 28 years old, typically. Um, you know, he's not, in some, a lot of ways, he's not behind the curve. Um, but you just watch, you know, these types of, you know, the series last year, this series, um, you know, you just, you just have to wonder, okay, like what, you know, what comes next at what point we know he works as hard as anybody, but when does it ever like pay off into, you know, from a skill set perspective or the ability to attack and, and do the kind of stuff you need. So, I mean, that's the thing. I, I think hundred percent people should be blaming bud for the bucks, lack of preparation. I think the lack of focus, the lack of discipline, um, you know, just the panic that these guys play with, I think is a huge condemnation of the coaching staff tonight, only 10 turnovers at least. So that at least got cleaned up. Um, but you know, Bud's the obvious guy, but you know, I mean, I think if, if there's a next person, I think it's has to be honest, unfortunately. I mean, you know, I mean, it's not like he's a bad player right now, but again, like to be winning at the highest level in the playoffs, if you have the guy who's the MVP, um, putting up historic numbers, he can't just, suddenly not be that guy anymore in the playoffs and you know obviously he came around in in the first round against the magic but okay that's the magic you know now you're playing against obviously a much better team in the heat and um it's just not there so i i don't know i'm just i'm just it's, i'm just bummed i'm obviously a huge Giannis fan and i i don't know i feel like a lot of people don't want to admit that a lot of the issues are his just fundamental shortcomings as a player right now um and again, that's not, I don't think that's the first problem the Bucs have. And I think the Bucs obviously should be playing him more. But, um, you know, the Bucs are minus 34 with him on the court this this series. I think they're plus six with him on the bench. I mean, like I've been saying, if you get crushed with Giannis playing, it's over. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you, you know, it doesn't matter how much you play him if, if they're terrible, if you're terrible with him on the court. Um, and I, I definitely agree. You want to go down swinging with your best players on the court. So I agree with that. But, um, to me, the biggest failure of this this team, this series, has been the fact that, you know, you roll out your MVP and you can't win those minutes. And uh, tonight it happened again. As you said, it was, you know, that was really the fourth quarter kind of flipped it. Everything was trending in the right direction there through three quarters. But, um, you know, I don't, I don't know. I mean, what, what, what are they going to give him the MVP on Saturday? Is he just going to toss it in the lake? I mean, what kind of awkward <laughs> award ceremony is going to be that? I mean, it's just uh, it's a complete disaster from just on so many levels. I think the saddest part about it all for us, and we we have had the benefit of watching Giannis, yeah, every single night, and and it's it's been a joy. It's absolutely been a joy, and it still will be moving forward. But I think now, as you sort of pointed to, the difficult thing is that all these takes are going to come in about his gameplay, and and you want to deny it, and you always want to deny it. But I think everyone knows in the back of their head that the shortcomings were there. I still, you know, I, I still look at the roster and I look at the other players that the Bucks are relying on. And, and I think that I, I do sit here and ask myself, well, what the hell is Giannis supposed to do? I mean, what is he literally supposed to do right now? Because I think Draymond Green put it best when he said uh, during, it was either during this game or, or last game, or there was some point he was talking about this series. And he said, listen, the Bucks have done a really good job. They've put uh, shooters around Giannis. But the problem is, the opposition just don't respect those shooters. And, and this is something that we've spoke about a lot. Now, I think a lot of credit has to go to Chris Milton for this series. I think he's been fantastic. Yeah, he didn't have a great fourth quarter uh, today, and that hurts. That really hurts. He didn't get a point in the fourth quarter. Brooke Lopez has obviously been incredible as well. I think he's been the only really 
consistently good player in the bubble since the Bucks have come back and played their first game back on July 31st. He's been the only one. But at the end of the day, the opposition isn't worried about those guys. And so they aren't really respecting them and they don't need to respect them. And I thought, again, today, the problem with Giannis was that he, he had to be, in this series, he virtually has been turned into a facilitator. He's not going to be a scorer. But what he needed to do a little bit more was get to the nail that we spoke about a lot and get, get to different positions, become a facilitator because if he gets the ball at the top and he tries to dribble through traffic, it's been proven time and time again, not just in this series, last year in the postseason and at times against Miami during the regular season, Philadelphia on Christmas Day. He, once he gets swarmed, he can't dribble through those guys. He's not going to be able to do that. And he's going to get consistently stripped. He's going to get stopped. He's going to be forced into tough shots. And that's why I do wonder if there is something wrong with him because how often he was willing to settle for three-point shots today was quite alarming. He was 7 for 14 on twos and he got to the free throw line for 12 attempts. So I'm not sure why he was settling as much as he was, but there's no doubt, particularly at the point guard spot right now, uh, the Bucks just don't have a guy that the Heat are respecting at all in terms of a guy that can knock down the shots. And again, this is why, Frank, you pointed to it. We come back to the rotation again. Why Eric Bledsoe's in the game late instead of George Hill? Who George Hill played, but why Bledsoe came into the game at all after George Hill was the one that was actually penetrating, scoring at the basket. He's a, he's a threat on the outside. I, I'm just not sure. But uh, we're gonna, we spoke before we started recording. We're going to have so much time to talk about this. But it certainly does feel like the Bucks are going to be forced into uh, the nuclear option this offseason because uh, it's, it's, it's not working. Yeah, and I mean, when you're not scoring at all, I mean, what they didn't get a basket blast 441 or something like that. Yeah. Um, you know, I get it. You want to have multiple ball handlers out there because you're like, shit, we can't score, right? So I totally get that, like, that's the argument for putting Bledsoe in. And obviously, he's a really good defender against guards as well. Um, but, you know, I mean, again playoff blood so um rearing its head and and that that didn't work either i mean it's it, so I, I i get why Wes matthews you know i get some of the logic for not having Wes out there but at the end of the day i mean you know i mean fool me once right uh i don't know what blood's argument can be at this point with benching Wes in these crucial minutes when he's literally the only guy who can who can really make butler work for buckets and um you know, I mean, bottom line is, I mean, the Bucks are going to lose this series. We'll see if it's four games or more, you know, on Sunday. Um, and then there's just going to be, it's going to be a long off season. And I, I don't, I don't think Bud's going to get fired. They owe him $12 million or something like that. There's no way they're going to fire him unless Giannis like personally asked for it to happen. And that just doesn't seem to be obviously something that Giannis is, is in his character. We'll see where his head's at after the series, you know, you mentioned the frustration with the minutes that that seemed to be poking through, but um, I don't know. I mean, it's, uh, you know, our mutual friend, your former podcast host, Ty Windish tweeted something effective, you know, just like can't standing the idea of Mike Budenholzer coming back and, you know, it doesn't matter what the bucks do next year. Uh, no matter how many games they win, they're just going to be called frauds and a regular season team. And it's just going to be insufferable. I mean, I, it sucks. I mean, like literally, like, I mean, this is obviously we're at sort of the down point, right? The trough right now, you know, I think psychologically it's going to get better. I, th- I think, <laughs> I think for all of us, um, but you know, there's, I mean, I, I don't want to put people in too much of a depression, but if you're listening to this podcast after that game, you're probably kind of hate listening to this anyway. 
um, <laughs> you're probably not an optimist anyway. <laughs> so, you know, you just put it this way, Frank. I don't think anyone is going to accuse us after this podcast that uh, we weren't, we should have been more positive. I don't think we that that's going to be yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I don't, but that's a reality. I, I mean, this team can do very little flexibility wise this summer anyway. Um, I, I think if you're looking for a revolution, I, I, I'm just warning you guys now. I'm not saying it shouldn't happen, but I just, I, the Bucks do not have really pieces to make a huge deal. So, you know, again, I think draw up, you know, the Chris Paul trade machine trades. We'll figure out, we'll workshop some stuff. Um, but, you know, they have very little flexibility and free agency. We don't even know, obviously, with um, the cap, what's going to happen. I don't think Bud's getting fired. My guess right now, that's asking around right now. I don't think that's really where the Bucks org is, their head is at. So I think that's obviously going to be a huge point of frustration for a lot of fans. And um, yeah, I don't know. Hopefully next season, the Bucks can be good and have it not feel like a totally futile thing. Because obviously right now, I think that's where everybody's head is at. Just feeling like the Bucks were amazing and it, and it just didn't matter, right? When Once they got to the playoffs. So anyway, yeah, we're in a bad place right now. And uh, I guess we're 48 hours away from seeing, um, you know, how the Bucks, how the Bucks react to uh, to being obviously in a place they they never expected to be in. But here they are. You know, it's really interesting. I mean, you look across the last two games, and this is something that Bud brought up again, and not something that any Bucks fan would really have any interest in hearing. But over the course of the last two games, you know, it's the first quarter in Game Two, it's the fourth quarter in Game in Game Three. And, you know, the Bucks in between those, those stretches, uh, you know, you look at it and you, and you see a team that, that should not be down 3-0 in this series. They should have been more competitive. But at the end of the day, when it goes bad with this team, it, it, you just see all the glaring weaknesses that are there and probably the glaring weaknesses that have been there throughout all season. But, again, this team with... The depth that they have, and I want to call it regular season depth now because this is the second year in a row it's been proven not to be playoff depth. Right. Uh, they played, yeah, Bud played eight guys. Bud played eight guys in game six in Toronto last year. I think a lot of people kind of forget that, but he pretty much like lost faith in most of yeah, the yeah. dudes, including Miritich, right? I mean, can you imagine last a year and a half ago hearing that Nikola Miritich would get benched like completely in the playoffs? I mean, it was a that was a disaster. And obviously now he's tried to cut down the rotation a bit, but, but yeah, I mean, Dante DiVincenzo made some shots tonight. Hey, that, that was a positive <laughs> thing, right? That was, that was actually nice to see him, him show some signs of life that was much needed. And I think part of the storyline of why they had that lead after through three quarters, but, but yeah, I mean, the depth, I mean, that's the thing, right? You, you on good nights, you look at it, it's like, wow, the Bucks have a lot of great depth. And then, you know, you watch these last three games and you're just like, you know, who are these dudes, right? <laughs> it, I, it's, it's, front, it's front running depth to me. That's what I, that's what I've been yeah. trying to think of how I describe these players. Cause I've also been listening to a bunch of other people from the outside, analyze the bucks. Cause I, you know, it's difficult. We, we watch this team so closely. We talk about this team every friggin' day that sometimes you need to sort of take a step back and look at it from a different lens or listen to other people talk about the team from a different lens. And, you know, when I think about a bunch of these guys that have played big minutes for the bucks, it's like, yeah, uh, when they're when they're shooting, when they're not under pressure, and the Bucks are up by twenty, they look great. And uh, I think it was Zach Lowe that that made this point on the low post with Kevin Arnovitz the other day. He said, "You know, I, I just wonder whether these guys now all of a sudden it's like, holy shit, we are under pressure right here. And not only are we under pressure, I missed my last shot, 
And not only did I miss my last shot, I can see visibly that Miami do not give one fuck if I get this shot up. They do not care about me out on the floor and what that does to you mentally. And I think we've seen that. As you pointed to, uh, Bud obviously shortened the rotation here in this game. There's no doubt about that. So Kyle Corver only plays five minutes. Pat Connaughton plays 31 seconds. But uh, you know, in the end, they still just feel very, very, very thin. It was all Brooke Lopez and Chris Middleton offensively for this team again through three quarters. Yeah, I mean, well, let me just say this, Kane. It's Friday night. Um, I, I, I hope the Bucks haven't completely ruined everybody's weekend. Um, they have one more chance to do so on Sunday so that, you know, here in the States, it's Labor Day weekend. So uh, if they, you know, lay an egg on Sunday, they can completely ruin uh, everybody's long weekend in the U.S. Um, but I hope, I hope people at least can have a can, – can clear their heads a little bit on Saturday – um, hey, at the end of the day, it's just a game, you know, it's just a sport game, just a, you know, let's not talk about how it's a team that I've spent thousands of hours writing and podcasting about over the last 13 years. Let's not mention that part. Um, but, uh, I don't know. I'm going to, I'm going to really enjoy spending time with my daughter tomorrow. Let's really just say that I'm going to just not think about basketball and I hope, I uh, hope everybody else can, uh, I mean, I guess bad timing to say this on a podcast about the Milwaukee Bucks, but hopefully people are able to kind of clear their minds a little bit and um i don't know um we're gonna have a long off season it looks like with a lot of uh a lot of a lot of sw- i think we're gonna we're gonna have to have a lot more swearing in our off season podcast this year than last year unfortunately but uh i think that's probably i think that's probably a, a fair reflection of uh of bucks fans right now so um so yeah i don't i don't i don't know what else to say but um we will talk in two days i guess i guess i came yeah, hopefully uh, David Locke doesn't listen to this podcast because he might be a little bit uh, disappointed in the in the language we've displayed. But hey, if there's one thing we know, we'll have, about... to, we'll have to throw the we'll have to throw the explicit warning on this time <laughs> when we upload it. <laughs> listen, the one thing I'll say, and and I've already thought about this after this game finished. I said because I know my first thought was, well, I guess it's on to Geelong in Australian football. They're going to carry my hopes <laughs> for the months. And if there's one thing we know about sports eventually you're going to move on from this to the next sport and it's going to break your heart. Of course it is. We all know it is. That's all sports ever do. All they do is break your heart, but we move on to the next one. I know the Packers are getting started this week and a bunch of our listeners are big Packers fans, the Brewers. It all sucks. It it all sucks. (laughs) And and you're only meant to feel misery. And anytime you get hope, I mean, think about the Milwaukee Bucks. I, I don't want to go on too much of a rant here, but we watch this team with literally zero hope for the last 20 years and you go through a fourth quarter like today and you have to wonder, is it better to have no hope than to have hope for, for 10 months. And then that happened, honestly, because it's, it's just, it's sickening. Well, at least they've been, you know, like shitting the bed and sort of warning us that their hearts weren't really in this, uh, the entirety of the bubble. So it's true. Um, <laughs> it's actually I feel true. like, I feel like, yeah. I feel like that really was good for me because it's, it's like ever since that rockets game, which I think was the second game, it's been just like, I don't, I just don't, I don't like what's going on here. This is just not, something isn't right with these guys. And all of the, you know, all of the kind of glass half full stuff, you started to see how it was really glass half empty. <laughs> just, um, yeah. just a lot of, a lot of, I mean, and that's, and that's the reality, right? And I, I'll also say, I mean, I've, you know, I've said this many times, right? I mean, playoff series are just, you know, the playoffs are just a series of small samples. And unfortunately, you know, um, 
I think we're just seeing, again, this, I would not call this like a bad luck series, right? But, you know, it's literally your whole season comes down to a span of what it's been five days, right? Five days and, you know, a few minutes here and there. Um, that's how the sport works. You know, if you're not ready for those minutes, if you don't have answers for whatever the other team is doing out there, um, you know, and, and I just think mentally the Bucks have just obviously like the, the Heat have just owned them mentally, um, whether it's, you know, Bud getting out coach, whether it's, you know, uh, everybody on offense just looking spooked and not knowing how to finish games, whether it's Giannis, you know, just looking like lost when he's trying to shoot free throws or, you know, take any kind of shot. Um, they just look like a team that just mentally is just, you know, psychologically just beaten, right? Like they've just been beaten by, by like the big brother who just, you know, is just in their head right now. Um, so I, I don't know. I mean, when you, when you don't, when you don't think, you know, a, a 12 point lead is, is safe and you get your ass kicked leading by 12 going to the fourth quarter. I mean, you, I don't know. I don't know that that scares you straight or what, but, um, you know, you can only sort of say you still have confidence so many times um, because at some point you run, <laughs> you run out of games. And uh, at this point, you know, the Bucks are nominally have not been eliminated, but um, I think psychologically it just feels like that was the, the death blow we saw tonight. So anyway, we will see, we will see on Friday uh, where this team's head is at and where their hearts are at. Um, so I, I will hope for a win as always, but um who knows? I think it's hard to have much faith in anything with, with this team right now. We've got 48 hours to talk ourselves into a historic comeback in <laughs> this series against Miami, Frank. That's all we've got. But uh, we will be back after that game, hopefully after a win and we have something positive to talk about. But either way, we will be back, as you said. Have a good weekend, my friend. Try and uh, try and have some fun and, and some I don't know, some positivity. Try and get some positivity over the weekend and forget about uh, this game because uh, we've got plenty of time, as, as we said, to talk about the Bucks and what's next and, and what's going to happen moving forward. But uh, Game 4 will be on Sunday. It is Sunday? Yes, it's on Sunday, and the Bucks will be looking to try and avoid uh, going down in a sweep. As I said, the last time they were down 3-0 against Jimmy Butler, they won the next two games and then lost by 54 points and... Giannis Bulldoze Dunleavy. So the only question remaining is who is going to be the Dunleavy in this series? But well, the your 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 commenters, I saw that tweet of yours asking that question, and then the first two people responded Kelly Olynyk, and that is the correct answer. It is. I, know. I think that is the correct answer. <laughs> um, although I feel like Kelly Olynyk is not like kind of like because Dunleavy was like throwing elbows and cheap shots. I don't know if that Kelly Olynyk's like got that in him, but he's obviously like super punchable face and uh, flopper. So. Um, so yeah, well, although that's the problem is you don't have the fans in the first row, so like you don't really have a good like a good thing to check to body check Kelly Olynyk into. You know, he'll just go like flying uh, into space, I guess. If uh, if Giannis gets himself ejected from a, a game for body checking Kelly Olynyk, but that that's a great yeah, I, I think that's the uh, the right answer. Um, so so yeah, we'll have we'll have that to look forward to. But Kelly Olynyk didn't even play tonight. You know, torment Bucks tormentor Kelly Olynyk. They couldn't even beat the Heat without Kelly Olynyk. What a, what, a, what a disaster. All right. Let's leave it there, Frank. Uh, by the way, I 100% agree with you. Olenek was the first one that I was thinking of as well. Uh, Bucks go down, as we know, 115 to 100. We'll be back after game four. Stay safe out there. Try have a good weekend, and we'll speak to you guys then.